This is Alpha Geek Radio. The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Today on Casually Hardcore, a big freaking gorilla invades our TVs. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. dances with the MCU again. Once more on To the Claws. George thought he could write angsty teens. Holy crap! Mad Max flashbacks. Oculus Rift is coming. Supercomputer not included. All of this, your calls, and more on this episode of Casually Hardcore. Yes, panic, ladies and gentlemen, because there are casuals here, and they are taking control of the broadcast equipment. This is Casually Hardcore, live on alphageekradio.com. For Sunday the 17th of freaking May, when did it become May 2015, this is Casually Hardcore, and I am Gnomewise. I am Dexa. And I'm Grail. Welcome to our world. Welcome to our world. Uh, good to be back after having taken a hiatus last week to uh, observe Mother's Day and a happy belated Mother's Day to all of uh, the mothers out there in the listening crowd. We appreciate everything we do, everything you do. Uh, and <laughs> We appreciate everything we do I also. appreciate everything I do on Mother's Day, damn it. So I'm glad they have a day that's called Mother's Day but is in fact all about me. <laughs> and happy belated Mother's Day, Daxa. Thank you. What? You're that mocking me, aren't you? I'm what? Uh, no, of me. course not. Of course not. A mother would not do such a thing. Absolutely. Well, not to her own child, no, but since you're not my child, it's okay. I'm childlike. True. Although you're not safe, I mock my child all the time. So, funny story, I just, I've been laughing about this all day, right? We've been cleaning up the house because my child graduates high school this week, coming week. Never mind and, the um, terror associated with that fact on its own. Right? So, he graduates high school this week, and I've been finding all this extra change, and he has this really tall um, little change depository that we've been, you know, just giving him the change. So every time I find change, you know, he's laying on his bed or wherever I go and I just kind of toss the change at him. <laughs> so I, he's laying in his bed. I find some more change and I go and toss the change at him and he goes, stop throwing money at me. I'm not a hobo. Because <laughs> hobo is totally a word that we use in common language these days. <laughs> that's, what I was, that's what makes it so funny. Like, who says that anymore? Apparently, yep. your child. He may soon be grabbing a knapsack can of beans and riding the rails. Exactly. Uh, no, there's, there's a proper name for that. A bindle. He'll be, he'll be right. slinging a bindle over your shoulder and, and jumping the rail. Yep. Oh, apparently, yeah. Apparently oh, that culture God. still does exist, but it has somehow discovered Vine and YouTube. Yeah, my uh, cousin rode the rails for a, a year yeah, or so. Think, yeah. Where, yeah, and he had some really interesting stories from that. <laughs> I can oh, only crazy. imagine. I, I have no life experiences even approaching that. So it literally would be nope. only my imagination and no basis in fact whatsoever. 
Yep. He, it was really interesting because it's something like I had no idea that still occurred. And like, you know, there's certain things there, there you know, possibility of death and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that was, was kind of just an accepted fact of doing it. He was explaining <laughs> how to actually get on a train without dying. Right. And without getting caught. And that was the caught. other two That was part. the other one is getting yeah. caught. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, real yeah. security is not to be screwed with, apparently. No, no, they they don't want that because I'm sure again because there is a decent chance of death. I'm sure yeah. the liability for that is probably in, in, it incentivizes them to uh, make sure nobody's trying it. <laughs> Stay the hell off our trains. That's what you have Amtrak right. for. <sighs> All right. Amtrak is kind of pricey. I'm not going to lie. I thought it'd be cute to like write, you know, go on a vacation and take Amtrak. It's uh-huh. just as expensive as a plane half the time. Right, I think their 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 alleged selling point is you know it's the relaxed and and picturesque Chill way of, and apparently reality is not quite you know yeah. close to that. I saw a good. I mean, just to totally go down this tangent, <laughs> I saw a good uh, picture I think on Facebook of a meme of like trains in Japan and it's a picture of the you know supersonic right. bullet train and then it's like trains in the U.S. and it's like that could have come from the 1940s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, you know, we, we spend our money on important stuff. Exactly. <laughs> like cars and trucks that took places took the places of uh, right. trains. <sighs> Never a dull moment, chillins. All right, so we've got two weeks' worth of television backlogged here. Um, and on the arrow side of things, uh, I'm really interested in hearing what Daxa has to say because... I beg your pardon, on the Flash side of things. Um, oh, I have lots to say. Because <laughs> um, we finally got the first payoff on Gorilla Grodd, which earlier in, in the series, uh, Grail and I were saying, oh, it's freaking Gorilla Grodd. And Dex was like, what? What's, what's with the monkey? Talking <laughs> monkey. Well, they, yeah. they at least they, they took some of the curse off of it by not having him actually speak like he does in the cartoons and the comics they instead gave him mutated telepathy so he could just think real hard at you um so what did you think of the big honking gorilla suddenly showing up in your superhero show um well i didn't like it but i mean i can see for flash fans how it would be i guess he's one of the big villains so i can see how it would be Nostalgic. I definitely think they went the right route not having him speak because just him having look at you and think at you was silly enough that I think having him talk, I would have died laughing. Like <laughs> it, it, he, it wouldn't have been scary to me. You know, it was just kind of like, eh. I imagine I don't know. there may have been some it. focus groups and some screen tests done uh, over at the CW at some point where. Uh, the results came back. Yeah, no, don't have the monkey talk. Yeah, yeah. don't have the monkey talk. Uh, yeah. Maybe just somebody in the writer staff said, "Okay, we just we can't do it, <laughs> so let's <laughs> let's do the telepathy thing instead." If we're gonna have the gorilla, I guess somebody really wants to have gorilla grod. Um, yeah, that, um, uh, I mostly had it. I mean, yeah, the gorilla was not my favorite in that episode, but there was actually in that particular episode, there was a lot of things wrong with that particular episode. Mostly. Um, I, I don't know, man, there, the flash for me, there's just, there's some things you can suspend disbelief on. And for some reason, the flash, I can't, there's so many things wrong with that show. 
Really like, for example, Joe, mm-hmm. the cop. Yep. Right? He's got a guy coming at him. The instant he raises that weapon, no self-respecting cop would not shoot the living daylights out of that mm-hmm. man. Yeah, this, that was in the Gorilla Grot episode when he was controlling uh, the general. When he was right. controlling, yeah. And general he raises uh, like an automatic weapon at him, doesn't he? Yeah, well, he's not only that, he's already shot at him. Yeah, like there's the the whole freeze, drop your weapon no. is usually prior to being shot at. As like, I mean, any police at that point would shoot him a lot, at, and you know, until he's on the ground and the weapon is clear. This guy has shot as a cop. This is an automatic righteous kill. I am taking him down. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And then, okay, so even then when you say that, like Daxa was saying, as soon as the guy continues to raise the weapon, he would not let him get to the point of a gun standoff. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, so. Uh, they're, they're, I'm, I'm having a similar difficulty staying on board with Flash. Um, the villain overload is starting to get to me. Yeah, they've... They really worked hard to make sure there was always a villain of the week, which mm-hmm. I think is biting them. Now, I will say Gorilla Grodd has been, outside of Dr. Evil Pants, the most credible villain I think he's faced Yes, in terms of yes. being, okay, this guy, not only was he good enough to basically take him out and make him wear the stupidest contraption in That's the world the on his thing. head. <laughs> but and we'll get to that in a second. But he also proved that he could, I mean, he came at him at super speed and he caught him. Yeah. No, I that mean, was, that was so a, an awesome sequence. It was, yeah, it was a pretty impressive, like, okay, this thing, now granted it's a talking monkey, but nonetheless, the talking monkey beats every other <laughs> villain so far up to this point, with the exclusion of Dr. Evil Pants, who also has proven that he is a pretty effective villain for him as well. And, but, I mean, you would think so, since he's a super smart and has basically the same level of speed. And knows has knowledge from the future. Right, um, right. Yeah, and my thing with, with that episode, with that portion of the episode is the thing for his head, mm-hmm. like, why can't they put it inside his suit so it doesn't uh, keep tish, falling tish, off his tish, head? Tish, 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 tish. Now, of course, you always, you, when you have a man who travels at supersonic speeds, you always lightly clasp things on the outside <laughs> of his costume when you need them to stay put. It just made no <laughs> sense to me. No, that was that complete whole horse, situation. That was complete horse pucky. Uh, <laughs> so, real quick, Gnome, have you... Adjusted volumes. Missing is saying, I am crazy loud. Dex is good, and you are very quiet. I am you, always good. You guys coming on the same channel, so I can't adjust you guys independently. Okay. So you need to adjust on your end. I will. It may have. Oh, uh, button may have bumped. I will make room. myself so. louder, and I will make you quieter. Those of you listening yeah. on the podcast edition, the auto leveler will have taken care of all of this, and <laughs> no time will have passed. Dang. Yeah. Damn well, you all. Yeah. I'm still quiet. There. So, yeah. All right. so I made some adjustments now. on my end. Very good. Uh, so, yeah, we had, uh, you know, it was an interesting episode. Really, the, the episode before also, I thought, was uh, some of the bigger payoff for the season where you've had them now discover Dr. Evil Pants' future room. Yep. And they decide to lay a trap by using some crazy science of we will Vivid look dreaming. into the dreams. I mean, whatever. Other shows have done it, so I but was But it wasn't. Okay the, thing that, it. the thing that annoyed me is that wasn't a dream. That was no. alleged bleed over from a truncated alternate timeline. Right. Correct. How does that work exactly? 
Don't know. And why did it only affect Cisco? Right. Why, are, why are we not all getting bleed over from all the bifurcated dimensions nearby all the time? Why just this one right. dude when it was important to the plot? Maybe yeah. That's what dreams are. Mm. You never know. Well, and I'm go. only brushing up against the, the naked chick dimension because <laughs> that's, that, that's the frequency I'm tuned into. Are they throwing little pickles at you? Sun God robes? Yeah. How'd you know? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, anyhow... Uh, they set the trap for the doctor, and the doctor evil pants basically shows that he is way ahead of all these morons mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's basically what they end up looking like. Yeah. Uh, uses the guy who was any man or every man <laughs> to trick them yep. and, uh, you know, sacrifices him uh, without any issue. Also, they. Uh, firmly established the fact that he is a descendant of uh, Eddie Mm -hmm. and he kidnaps Eddie for some reason. We don't know the reason. Not really clear unless he needed shit to him. Yeah, basically that's all it felt like. Like he didn't ever really do anything to him other than that. We know of that. We know of. So we'll have to see. Maybe that'll get a payoff later. But so in these two episodes, he basically keeps him in a chair for a while and then says, all right, I'm ready to go home and, and leaves uh, at the end of the Gorilla Garage. Yeah, he, like, he like builds a, a 1950s vacuum tube and yeah. yes. climbs up and reveals, oh, I've been underneath the particle accelerator the whole damn time. Right. And plugs it into a secret hole that he had concealed with a hologram in the wall. <laughs> I guess I'm, he's always plugging things in the secret holes. That's what makes <laughs> Exactly. You got to keep track of your secret holes. Moo ha 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 plug. And something <laughs> evil sounding happens. Yeah. So it was, I mean, and, and I also will go on the record. Should uh, Iris develop any combat skills and have to go oh, out and start God. fighting, I will hate her more than I do Laurel. <laughs> because right now she is really really annoying um so yeah but she they you, they do have the plot point of her uh discovering because she gets a static shock from Barry or from the flash and she right. can then relate it to a static shock she got from Barry when, when he, he was, was in a coma, coma yep. she deduces he is the flash Never mind that, well, he does the whole vibrating face thing when they see each other, so I guess they can, we can forgive the fact that his mask doesn't conceal him all that much. Oh, that's not bad. Sorry. But that's still my the one good thing from the Green Lantern movie, was the whole scene of, yeah. how do you know who I was? I've known you for 13 years. Do you think I wouldn't recognize you just because I couldn't see your cheekbones? Right. Exactly. And his voice is not all that different. You can still t- still hear his inflections in that voice. Yeah. They've, they've at least made the effort of he's, he's just altering her voice and his face is doing the shaky shake thing. So they've at least. I think also my, my big problem, one of my biggest issues with her, and this isn't just her, it's, it's the writing of her, um, was the when she does get to the reveal, she has the most stereotypical reaction you could imagine right, to it. She does. She's hurt. She can't believe he would hide it. She doesn't trust him anymore. She she doesn't trust anybody. Blah blah blah. And especially seeing that same situation go down on Arrow when Thea finds mm-hmm. out that Oliver's been doing, and they flip it on its head, and she ends up thanking him yep. and kind of turning a situation that could be really trope into something interesting. It was hard to watch the normal progression play out. No, well, I mean, yeah, if, if that moment can make me, me, like Thea more. Yeah, that's yes. quite an accomplishment. It totally made me like the character a lot more, and I'm a, a lot more interested in her now. 
Right. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's not only that, it's I don't think I get that he lied to her about one thing, but it, it always feels so like, oh, my God, you've lied to me about everything you've ever spoken to me your entire life when he hasn't been the Flash his entire life. Mm-hmm. Right. So everything, all these, you know, whatever, 24, whatever years previous. Yeah. Null and void. Right. Of one lie to protect her. I just. What I, have I you done for like, me lately? I just always feel like it's always so contrived. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's. It's, uh, it totally it's just. It's the normal react. And, a, you know, and she throws. Normal human reacts right. Way. And she throws out all the parts of her, like, basically being gaga over the flash for the uh, past year. With her starting a blog, I mean that's basically how she got her job. The Flash has saved her multiple times. Yep. I mean, you know, it's a lot to throw out on a dime, basically. And I, uh, I hope that the, I, I, I just really hope this is like just first season growing pains for it, and mm-hmm. they will uh, turn it around a little bit and maybe make the writing a little more clever. Uh, you know, they still do some good lines. There is the the whole line of like Cisco not wanting to go into the sewers, and Joe <laughs> yeah. looks at him and goes, "It's your monkey." It's your monkey. <laughs> like, you're <laughs> going down there. That was well delivered. Uh, and I and you have you know Eddie finds out he basically Doctor Evil Pants shows him a the the newspaper clipping he keeps always looking at, and it shows uh that Iris has Alan's last name. So he basically says, yeah, your, your whole proposal thing, that's not going to work out. You basically suck. Yeah. <laughs> he really, he really Might lays well into Eddie saying, you are, you are the only thorn in a long lineage yeah. of heroic and successful people, but you, you suck. And here's why in great detail. Like, yeah. and, and he ends I mean, up with, and you don't even get the girl. Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, you could see the the actor that plays Dr. Evil Pants really was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have fun with this now. Yeah. I mean, now I finally get to be evil, evil and, like, just not play games anymore. And so he was a, jo- a, a fun part of the episodes to watch. No. Although the one thing I'll have to say, there was, for me, there was one one positive thing throughout this whole, the whole two episodes is Barry, even though he should despise Dr. Evil Pants. Mm-hmm. There are moments where where Dr. Evil Pants, for his own reasons, mm-hmm. helps Barry, and Barry is... Conflicted. He feels... <laughs> yeah, he feels conflicted because he's helping him, and he's helping him save people, and he's such a nice guy, and they have this connection. And even... And you see that side of Barry, and you see what what the difference is between someone who is considered a good person and someone who's considered an evil person. Because even though Dr. Evil Pants is having the same experience and is also conflicted, he's like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. I'm still going to kill you. Yeah. Well, he's had a good, yeah. I mean, he enjoys working with him. And 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 they went into his history, though, a little bit. When he's first helping him out, he really states like, I hate you. Mm-hmm. I'm never, you know, alludes to something that happens in the future. Um, and basically, you know, comes to the, the realization that in order to get home, his only choice is to make the man he hates into the person he hates. Yep. Uh, and so that's an interesting twist, but also his whole just perspective of I'm from so far in the future. All of you are dead to me anyways. Mm. You're all just walking corpses. Mm. So I don't have much empathy for, uh, you know, folks right now because you're, you're all ancient history to me. Except for you, Barry. Except for you, Barry, because you bounce around time. Bing bong. 
Bing bong. So, I mean, we'll see. We're, we're obviously hitting the uh, season finales now on all the shows. Yep. So we'll see how this one wraps up. Mm-hmm. So ping-ponging over to Arrow. Um, yep. Death, destruction, carnage, betrayal. Um, everybody hates Oliver. That about, that about sum it up? But, yeah. Oh, and the marriage. There's marriage. Oh, and there's marriage a marriage too, too yep. yes. There's a marriage. But yeah, it was a lot of like, Oliver, you suck. I'm going to punch people because I can't yep. punch you uh, from Diggle. So it was, you know, and then the eventual realization that Oliver was doing this all for a reason and he's not quite as uh, mind controlled by the league as, as he, he would originally let you believe. And the one person he trusted with this information was Malcolm. Yeah, that goes over real well. Didn't help his cause much. Um yeah, otherwise, I mean, very much let's get set up for the uh, season finale. Uh, you have the final bits of the Maceo story. Uh, it flashbacks kind of playing out where you do see Akio finally bite the dust, even though we've all known he was going to die since pretty much he first stepped on the screen. Yep. And uh, the realization that uh, Maceo had taken this horrible bioweapon, bio uh, Alpha and Omega, uh, from back then and ended up giving it to the League. He used uh, it to, to buy his way into the League, basically. Right. Correct. Right. So that was his uh, you know, offering to get trained. And you have the conclusion of his story, and I, I forget his wife's... Yukio is his wife's name? Crazy gray alien lady, yeah. Um, yeah. What? Gray, gray alien, alien lady? lady. The shape of her... About? Okay, take the shape of her face... Uh-huh. Color the eyes in black. Turn the turn the flesh gray, and she's one of those classic gray, big eyed, <laughs> triangular headed aliens, like a- Area Fifty One. I don't know. Uh, I think she looks pretty good. Like oh, she looks good. She just looks unearthly. She's just very yeah. It's a very she's unique, unique yeah. looking. I just keep thinking of her from the Wolverine. So yeah. that's that's what I keep associating her with. Yep. Uh, but. I mean, you have them concluding their story where she ends up whacking Maceo in a, a one-on-one sword fight. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, Tatsu. Tatsu, that's yeah. it. Um, Tatsu. So, but can, also known as can anyone explain to me Tatsu's mask? Yeah, where'd that come from? She is a character from the DC Universe called Katana. Katana, ah. thank you. I was trying to figure out like which one she was, but okay, thank you. I believe Katana. she's supposed to be Katana. She's uh, Another version of her is warming up to be oh, yeah. in the Suicide Squad. No, it is Katana. It says on her IMDb. You're right. Yeah. Cool. So no, she she was uh, kind of backdoored in as oh you're you're actually a named character from the from the universe. How neat. So yeah, this is the let's solidify and to me this is my favorite um, rendition of Ra's al Ghul ever. Oh yeah. Um, There's been some good ones in some of the Batman movies. The one. Uh, from the animated movies and the Liam Neeson one from Batman Begins, all very nice. This one, they've had the time to really solidify his badassness and his ruthlessness. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. The whole tradition of, yes, um, when you come to the league, you must destroy where you have come from to assure that you sever all ties. And I went through this, those before me went through this, and you're going to go through it too as your final proof that I have completely owned your brain. Um, right. And just the, the matter-of-fact way he just deals with, okay, I will do methodically do everything that is necessary to get what I want. And what I want is you, because there's prophecy, you survived my sword, I'm not going to question prophecy, I'm just going to direct through line to getting what I want, 
and do right. not get in my way. I don't, I don't care who you are, or how related to me you may be. I will, I will use you and use you and use you again. Um, and the actor playing it just, just nailed it. I, I've, I've loved every bit of him on the screen. Yeah, he's been a, an excellent character. Uh, and I know we've commented about him in the past. I just these, I these episodes him. he was really shining though. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's a little more emotional in these last couple episodes than we've seen him up to this point. Get mainly when dealing off. with his, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with his daughter was the main, uh, you know, thing that brought that out of mm-hmm. him. But when dealing with the, uh, you know, the the gang when they come to try to uh, spring Ollie, go go, yeah, spring Ollie. It was back to the normal, like, you guys are idiots. Um, mm. Yeah, that plane you blew up, that was a fake. That yep. was me just putting it out there to see if anybody was going to try anything. Oh, look, and you <laughs> did. Oh, look, it's the Adam doing another special appearance. Yay. Yeah. Um, he flew through the plane. Yeah. Does that guy ever catch a break? He is always, like, ending up crashing and burning. Well, I time. think yeah. they're doing a good job. That this He is still in alpha or beta on this thing. Right. Um, he's constantly tweaking with it. We we only recently saw its maiden flight, and and they I say that they've been consistent and good about having it fail in some way on every single outing. Yeah. So he's like, okay, this thing's good, but it's we are not Iron Man. They're trying to not be Iron Man, I think, because they want to say, no, this is this is a work in progress, and come watch this uh, Legends of whatever that they're doing with. He's going to be in over here for the completion of this story. Um, right. So, Legends of Tomorrow, I think, uh, yeah, is the new spinoff series for next year, with him, yep. Hawk Girl, um, Sarah resurrected somehow, uh, a couple other characters. Well, we're 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 in Lazarus Pit territory yeah. here. So, yes, we it looked like yeah. she was coming out of the Lazarus Pit, and then yeah. obviously, then she becomes White Canary. I think. Uh, I think oh, that's has there been a trailer? Be... I've not seen. Yes, there has oh, been a trailer for it. Totally and, I mean, a lot of theories already have come on to basically say that because they're dealing with the league and the Lazarus Pit, and we knew that Sarah was going to come back somehow. That seems like the most obvious way. We assume because that much. the resurrection, uh, the use of a Lazarus Pit for resurrection would actually deplete its power. Also, yes. so it uh, it it may give them a method to kind of shut down Roz at least temporarily. Yep. And also, um, so we also end this episode on big cliffhanger of yeah. the Alpha Omega virus vial shattering in the dungeon where all of our heroes are, and Oliver walking away apparently not caring. Right. And Even though we know he probably has done something to not kill his entire friends and family. Boy, does that guy have a poker face, though. Damn. Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> he does poker face well. steely, steely mm. face really well. I am your brainwashed minion. Uh, Raz al Ghul, to just point me the direction you want. No, no reason and to question me. They also had the the minor thing to set up the Legends of Tomorrow with Ray signing over ownership of uh, Palmer, his, yeah. company, his company, to Felicity. Yep. And so setting it up so that Oliver may get back into some cash here. And but Felicity is not aware that this has happened. She wasn't even paying attention yep. to what she was signing. Right, and he right, very deliberately right. keeps referring to her as Miss Vice President. Like you don't right. know that you actually own all this shit. Okay, very good. Um, oh, and a minor bit of Felicity and Oliver make the beast with two backs. Anyway, moving on to Agents of Shield. Um, Makes the what? Make, make the, the what? beast with two backs. That was two. That was three episodes. Wasn't ago. that in um, no. Al Sahim? Nope. That's okay. when he, she leaves him. That's right. 
Yeah. So we talked about that two weeks ago. Yeah, um, Salim is. I mean, that's that's him basically pissing off everybody, yes. kidnapping Diggle's wife, yeah. and Ooh, yeah. uh, <laughs> almost beating down uh, or killing uh, the Nissa. Yep. Um, uh, the other minor thing is that you know Thea goes to visit Roy, brings him the costume. Roy ends up leaving it with her mm-hmm. and kind of setting her up like maybe you should become a superhero, Ooh, which is like oh, I wonder I, if she'll put on the Arsenal outfit. Dur, dur, dur. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is one of those like, oh man, that's the one thing about Arrow. Every so often, it's like, man, you guys are flirting with something that's not. I'm not gonna like. And so far, they've usually turned it into something interesting. So I'll um, give them Black benefit Canary. of that. Yeah, aside from Laurel. <laughs> um, so I'll give them a benefit of the doubt on this one. But it's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she said Laurel. I don't know about her. She's still, she's still weird. She's still yeah. uh, utterly unconvincing in that role. Well, and yes. she is tiny. Holy cow! Sometimes when she's in that outfit, she is and, a skinny woman. And Thea is smaller than she is. I know. Thea looks anorexic. Someone needs they, to feed that yes, girl. Give that girl a sandwich. My God. Yeah. Uh, well, so yeah. Luckily, big, big, she'll, she has a ranged weapon, so she doesn't have to. That's true. She close. doesn't have to go hand to hand. Glass cannon. Glass eat. cannon. Glass cannon. No melee. No melee. It's in my hair. It's in my hair. Right. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, big setup for the eventual season finale of that one where everyone appears to be about to die. Um, and Oliver's married to Nyssa. Yes. Oliver, who loves, uh, Felicity is married to Nyssa, who is gay. Lovely. Lovely. Oh, and of course, what wedding would be, would be complete without a, um, bride trying to stab her husband. Of course. It's always... Oliver That's was the highlight Oliver of the weddings I go to. <laughs> it's all the good ones. Right. Because <laughs> the party you have afterwards, woohoo, we all survived, yay! <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah. A- Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, has their tie-in, which is looking to be almost an annual event with them, uh, tie-in with a major movie. Mm-hmm. This one is a lot less in-your-face than last year's tie-in with the Winter Soldier, which effectively upended their entire storyline. This one, they merely contributed something to what appeared in the movie. But I like the way they tied it back into the greater storyline. So they start off the episode Scars with basically flashbacks to a year before where they start showing you, okay, here's all the stuff that Coulson's been doing that everyone is interpreting him as being evil in the, in the present. So right. we get to see the Patton Oswalt Billy character who has since been killed off, one of the many twins, um, taking him through a facility, and they make the comment, oh, uh, does May think you're in London recruiting? Says, yeah, yeah, she, we got to get this done quick. And they reveal that part of what Coulson's been doing when he's been sneaking away is maintaining and repairing the original helicarrier, which, spoiler alert, uh, we're past the two-week Gilligan period on Age of Ultron now, um, mm-hmm. plays a major role in the, the plotline of, of Age of Ultron. So it's not as direct a, you know, hey, S.H.I.E.L.D. is gone, therefore Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. must be totally rewritten. It's just that, oh, by the way, here's where that helicarrier came from. Here's where Fury went off to to get it when he heroically showed up for it with it just in time. 
Well, it was the reverse, really, from last year. So right. instead of the the movie Breaking Shield, this year it was Shield coming back together mm-hmm. and using the fact that the Age of Ultron movie occurred. Nick Fury came out of hiding or, or showed that he was alive to the world, mm-hmm. or at least to Shield, and showed the yeah. By the way, I have a massive hel- hel- uh, helicarrier as well. Um, and it really then, because of that, this episode Scars starts off with. Uh, Coulson and Gonzalez and the two sides of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of coming together and agreeing to work as one S.H.I.E.L.D. going forward. And I really like that use of the movie. So they, they drop the mm-hmm. line. You know, I know a lot has happened in the last week. Ha ha ha. Nod to the movie that just occurred. And we're just going to assume everyone's seen the movie and that that's right. the mm-hmm. week that they're referring to where Fury has been back, has spoken to all of them and said, oh, by the way, I'm dead. And yeah, I put Colson in charge, by the way. Not any of you guys. You were supposed to blow up your ship, weren't you? Yeah. Way to not follow orders. Uh, Colson, take it from here. And Colson has his moment of yeah, I probably shouldn't have been trying to do this all on my own. Um, mm-hmm. So I would like to integrate you guys all in. You know, Even Fury had the World Council looking okay. over his shoulder. I should have you guys as my consulting body. So he lays like that... Like checks and balances. Exactly. And it makes total sense that, hey, if we're maturing as an organization again, back to a semblance of some of the command and control and order we had before, it shouldn't just be me winging it. Uh, I felt like I needed to wing it because, well, the world had collapsed around our our eyeballs before, but we've gotten past that. So if we're going to move forward together, let's do it literally together. And it makes a convincing moment of, okay, they're willing to lay down their arms cautiously, join forces under the banner of Coulson as director, and with him taking, you know, putting things out to discussion and taking advice and doing things that he might not have done when he was just uh, doing it cowboy style. So I really liked the more subtle effect that the events of the movie had on the storylines that let us cut to the chase of, and now they're cautiously working together again without having to see several episodes of them going through that transition. I thought that was an interesting use of of here, and this movie happens, and Fury happened off screen, and here's the effects of that. Yep. I agree. Yeah, no, it's perfect. I think they did a really good job integrating again. That day, if there's anything Marvel does well, is integrate their movies and their properties together. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see where you know what next year's version will be, um, and that's and the fact that I'm now anticipating it tells me they've done a good job with their storytelling because they've done it here's here's it done in, in a surprising way. Here's it done in a meh way where they had the kind of crossover with Thor: The Dark World. And here's, yeah. it, here's it done in a more subtle but very important to the storyline way where you feel like you're, you're being rewarded for being a fan of all things Marvel because you, you have that moment of, hey, I know, I know what they're referring to. I'm inside the club. And it's like, that's a good, a good device to keep us as fans interested. Uh, it's like a little, yeah. little fanboy payoff. Here's a little fanboy biscuit for you. You got it? Get the biscuit. Get the biscuit. Oh, he's got the Easter egg reference. Yay, he's a happy fanboy. And I'm <laughs> totally at peace and happy with that relationship. Keep giving me my... You liked fan- your biscuit. Keep bringing me my fanboy biscuits. And we now have yeah. the title for the, today's episode. <laughs> fanboy That's biscuits. Right. Oh, fanboy biscuits. Um, it, so we get... And, go ahead. Well, and, and much like last year, I think right around this point is where the show really started getting strong, mm-hmm. or at least not horrible. I mean, it actually wasn't horrible to that point, but then it got 
good. Like I actually am wanting to watch it instead of feeling like I'm obligated to right. watch it. Uh, so, and in this case, I think it felt the same way. These these two episodes were good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had finally some payoff with the Inhumans, um, and they really were fast placed with a lot of stuff happening where Sky is trying to. Uh, bridge the gap between the Inhumans as well as S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm. S.H.I.E.L.D., obviously, even though they're all one body, has very differing views over what they should do with this uh, group of superpowered people. And, uh, you know, you, even some of the, the, the in-the-background stuff of Agent 33 mm-hmm. and Ward uh, still enacting their own agenda, yep. um, which, you know, has obviously... Uh, sometimes works with S.H.I.E.L.D., sometimes is conflicting, and now is more back into the conflicting mode since they kidnap, uh, what's her name? Bobby, Mocking, Mockingbird. Hunter's Bobby. Girl. Yeah, Hunter's Hunt, Girl. Hunter's or, girl yep. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good, a lot of stuff happens yeah. in it. Um, I'm, way, so, yeah. I'm way more interested in Ward than I thought I was going to be. Um, oh, yeah. It's yeah, they're 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 hitting a lot of good notes. Not not perfect, but there's, there's good bits. No, but there's there's uh, I mean the whole thing with uh, oh man, I'm about Simmons or yeah Simmons mm-hmm. uh, character killing back she- is she's becoming like more and more kind of sociopathic. Gemma, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Gemma is. Uh-huh. is uh is definitely it's and it, you know so far I've been kind of lukewarm to that storyline so I guess we'll I'm, I'm but I'm definitely curious to see how far I mean is she really going to go really off the deep end uh especially with the ending of the uh second episode which is leading towards their finale mm-hmm. uh where they go to negotiate, and you have the leader uh, of the human sky's mother negotiating with Gonzalez. Air quotes to, negotiating. Yeah, well, well, I mean, and this the whole that whole piece even had Reyna basically predicting that if she negotiates mm-hmm. with them, their shield's going to come and bomb the crap Although- out of the city. You don't know because Reina is a manipulative little yeah, monster, and you a, don't know if she's saying that just to no, be she's, like the she's leader. She's got boy who cried wolf syndrome, so no one exactly. takes her yeah. seriously. Are you manipulating us? Or are you telling the truth? So far, right. if you look so far, she has told the absolute truth every time she's laid down a prediction. Yep. So she's she's nailed what she's seen, and this and but you get to the point where it seems like she's making a play for power exactly. based on her vision, and you know, thankfully the most. The people there go like, "Yeah, we don't know you that well. We're right. gonna just We're gonna ignore this one." Play. Yeah, so it was, which it, might not have been the right thing. It to may do. not have been the right Chinese thing to do, but always seems to be a little. She seems to be a very sweet person with sociopathic tendencies. Mm. Yeah. you know. Well, she also was, you know, vivisected well, and yeah, yeah, yeah. while was, still alive, yeah, into and yeah. so it's she has some issues. issues from that. She might have trust issues. I'm just saying, right. Right. So, I mean, it was an interesting play, though. I thought that was, a, a you know, for Reyna, who also hasn't been terribly interesting since her transformation, has now become more so. Yeah. Um, and you had them, you know, you had Gordon basically mm-hmm. seeming to be buying into what she was saying, but then comes to what I would think is the more logical realization that, hey, these are the people I've been with for a long time. Mm-hmm. I'm trusting the leader that I've basically grown up with, not somebody who just started making some fortune teller predictions. Exactly. Right or wrong, it was the more 
you know, I could buy into why it was done that way. You're a lifelong leader who has never let you down versus lady with a sketchy path, uh, unknown power set, what might be a total liar. Hmm, let me think real hard. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, oh, go ahead. I feel like the only storyline that I just, I'm not, not quite there yet is May. I think they're, they're going... Well, in my opinion, I mean, they could be going in the right direction, but they're going in the wrong direction with me. I feel that the the tension between her and Coulson seems more contrived than natural tension. Like, see, she seems to me like someone who would be loyal to Coulson, like no matter what Coulson did. And you know yet, what I mean? And yet she knows, that, she, she still has in the back of her head that Coulson may not be Coulson. Right, right. she knows this, that. This is zombie Coulson who came effect, back from the dead. But to that effect, I feel like she would be completely loyal to him no matter what she did, no matter what he did until he, he did the one thing that was not Coulson-like, and then he, she would kill him. I don't think she would be she, kind of this med- medium place where she is right now where she's sort of trusts him, but is no, I, I totally not get, really... I totally get where she is because the thing that he did that was not Coulson-like was to lie to her and withhold information from her. And that was no, what... That's that, not true. He's done it before. To this degree, though. Well, I still think, though, that again, they and you know, and he admits that he may have gone too far with that. Mm -hmm. But when they first have the argument over it, I thought he brought up the excellent point of you You lied to me because you were spying for for Fury the whole time, and you know, she she conveniently glosses right over that point. (laughs) Right, and that to me was like where it got not only that, but I guess the one thing they didn't address from Age of Ultron is the fact like. Isn't Fury back as the director now, or what? What is his role here? Because mm-hmm. he was the one commanding the Helicarrier. So, you know, what's what is is Coulson even still the fit? director? Right. And if that's the case, if it's really Fury's call, you'd expect then he would be the one to come in and say, "Look, you two, May shut up. Deal with I it. did. I this was my orders to Coulson. You had your own orders." That's that's the way it, you know this works sometimes. Well, because I think uh, what what Fury is going to be doing is heading up the new Avengers compound that we saw at the end there. Could be, which is not Shield. It's this whole new thing, right? Right. So I think that the, where they will probably take it for stories, commune sake, is Fury remains not part of Shield. He is now part of the Avengers, whatever organization that is, and Shield in the new form that it is is coming together into is. Be- becomes and remains Coulson's baby. Yeah, I just, I mean, I get that. I get where she's coming from, and for a normal person, that would be fine. I just thought that May's personality throughout, you know, this whole season has been different. Mm -hmm. Has been someone who's a little more, I mean, she follows orders. So he follows orders, she follows orders. She should be more understanding about it. She should, you know, I don't know. I just think she's being too wishy-washy about this. Yeah, from, yeah, from a character that was so black and white from when we met her. Right. Well, so it's just more stronger, I more, think. Yeah, she's not as strong. Yeah. I feel she was like the strongest female character mm-hmm. there, all around strong, and she's just become a little wishy-washy. Yeah. Well, I'd agree. I mean, you look at where she came from. I mean, they, she was forced back into the field at the beginning of the series. Right. She's like, I'm out. And he's like, come on back. And she, and she reluctantly and is kind of forced back into it. She, so she flips the switch, goes back into badass agent mode, but maybe wasn't ready for it. And maybe this is the flip side of that is she is, she is tiring of it way faster than she might have because she was not ready to come back. And yeah, and she even, I mean, there's some comments that 
lead you to believe maybe that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only that, but you have uh, the other Mac also. He flat out resigns yeah. right. based on trust issues with Colson. Yep. And so, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of it where, you know, various people are starting to express like, eh, I don't know if this is what I really signed up for. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe I should change. And maybe that's where her character is. And we'll see where she ends up. Uh, and, but it's, it's at, but, this, at this point, I believe because we are having the conversation we just had for the last 15 minutes mm-hmm. about. These people's motivations change, you know, changes in Gemma. Why is May not acting consistently? Um, why is Grant still a psycho? Why is Grant the, the whatever the hell he is? I don't really care um, because he's more he's interesting really cool. as that. Yeah. True. Um, but They're not as interesting as Kyle McLaughlin. <laughs> he's so freaking he's just, awesome. He's awesome. I Every love time his character he, more. Even more. when he's getting captured, he's just got that goofy grin on yep. his face. And, as a complete uh, aside, you see that the uh, Twin Peaks revival is going ahead with Lynch involved again. Yeah. So it's back on, kids. Watch Showtime for that one. Okay, coming back from the tangent. Um, but the fact they've had that, that kind of conversation as if these were mm-hmm. real people with real motivations tells you they've done at least a good enough job developing them as characters for us to relate with them that way. So good on you. Bring us more like that, please. Yeah. Uh, and so the, the, the big setup for the finale is Jin Yang and her negotiation with Gonzalez decides to uh, melt Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah. Jai go. Edward James almost see ya. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they have. So she's talking about they have these boxes of crystals. They they had had been over the years been experimenting with the Kree technology that they knew had been used to create them. So wi- rewinding slightly, the whole idea of this version of the Inhumans was they are humans that were experimented on by the Kree uh, in an attempt to make super soldiers. Isn't that kind of a recurring theme in the Marvel universe? Uh, this time it's aliens doing it. So they have right. the they, they mess with your DNA to make you receptive to the Terrigen mists, and then at puberty they expose you to the Terrigen mists, and it's a crapshoot as to what they get. The Cree decided it was a failure, and we had the one episode where Eddie from Warehouse 13 came uh, and, and was going to destroy things uh, of the uh, old Cree. You know, basically trying to destroy the planet because bits of the Cree mistake were left behind. Um, mm-hmm. So they were experimenting with the Diviners, which are the 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 wacky uh, obelisk device we saw from the beginning of the season that if you're regular human turns you into statue if you're have the inhuman gene modifications it likes you and may open up and hit you a terrigen mist um, they melted one of those down basically in an attempt to get at just the terrigen mist and screwed it up so it's all con- the crystals that they create are all contaminated with the outer metal, which has that little bit of, you know, turning humans into uh, crumbly statue-like things, which is mm-hmm. she, yeah. she basically hands Gonzalez one of these crystals and watches him go, well, hell, that's going to leave a mark. Yeah, well, she he doesn't actually, hand him. She basically oh, smashes, smashes, it. smashes right. it and the mist comes out. Yeah. That's right. And he melts. And so, and thus... The war is at on. least at the end of the episode, and yeah, she did, she also shoots herself a couple times to make it look like mm-hmm. it was an attack, and declares that they're going to go to war, thus making Reina's prediction sound more viable. Yeah, mm-hmm. that she may have been telling the truth about it, even though yep. everybody said no way. No 
well, why would Shield? Well, you just kill the director's right hand man. Hmm. Yeah. And you're gonna make yeah. it look, but you're gonna go to your people and say, "Oh God, he shot me! He shot me! Oh no!" Yeah. Right. So Sky's mom, not a nice lady, but totally believable how she could get to that place after what Whitehall did to her. Yep. Exactly. So, well, she even used one of his uh, lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before she turned. Uh, Experimentation or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Progress requires experimentation. experimentation. Yeah, evil. But again, a good villain who has just been revealed to be a villain with totally with with motivation you instantly get. That is yeah. good writing. It's like I totally yep. understand why she's doing this because she was vivisected <laughs> by yep. humans. She might have a slight bias against humans and not trusting them. So good writing, guys. Well developed, and you still managed to ambush me with it. I didn't really see her. You know, they did a good job writing her as the oh sweetness, light. Come join the inhum- inhuman family. I'm just protecting my family. By any means necessary is what's revealed in this right. episode. Pretty much, including yeah. proactive starting of wars. <sighs> you got to do what you got to do. So to there's a big old fat double dose of television since we were off for Mother's Day there. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll do a late break here, then we'll return for some of the high highlights of the stories from the subreddit. You are listening to Casually Hardcore live at alphageekradio.com. Got some more uh, sci-fi drinking song uh, queued up for you guys. This one is Brown Coats Keep Flying by Mark Gunn. We shall return right after this. Hey, this is Tom Merritt from the Daily Tech News Show, and you're listening to Alpha Geek Radio. Serenity Valley broke many a man, but the brown coats keep flying as best as we can. Our fight weren't for glory, or gold, or for guns. Our fight was for freedom for our daughters and our sons. Along the way, and many a brown coat still hunted today. But our prize is the freedom to follow the stars. And I know that whatever we hold to is ours. Freedom's a spark in the heart of the black. And the brown coats are aiming to take a verse back. Like reavers and thieves But it goes on forever As free as you please So we'll try our luck there Till it beats us at last Our faces turn forward Our hearts to the past Freedom's a spark In the heart of the black And the brown cuts are aiming To take a verse back Wherever you may be And remember the lessons of serenity Brown coats stood tall when they gave us their worst There are no finer men in the whole of the earth 
Hi, this is Patrick Beja, and you're listening to Alpha Geek Radio. Casually Hardcore continues live at alphageekradio.com. And we've got stories brought to us by all the people who participate in the subreddit, alphageekradio.reddit.com. We appreciate all the support you give us there in suggesting links to look at during the week and up and down voting things as they interest or do not interest you. First up, the word from Hollywood. Hugh, I have more muscles than you have. Jackman has confirmed that he will participate in just one more Wolverine movie. So whatever the third freestanding Wolverine movie turns out to be, he will participate in and it will be his last time in the role. Because yep. being this buff is hard. Well, have you seen some of the comparisons of him from X-Men through to Days of Future Past? As yeah. far as how his physique has progressed over the years? He has not yeah. stopped improving his fitness. It's no. Crazy. Well, he said for the Wolverine, he said that was the first movie where he felt like he had his body the right type to really portray Wolverine. And he was massive in that movie. Holy I mean, crap, the amount yeah. of muscle he had on him. I mean, platonically dude to dude, it was like, that guy looks amazing. <laughs> he does. Ob- objectively, wow. <laughs> the bro science was high with him. <laughs> um, so it says, this still leaves it unclear whether or not he'll be making an appearance in X-Men Apocalypse, which Yeah, he, did, he said this is his last Wolverine film, right. so he kind of left it Dude, but he has yet to show up uh, where they're filming it as well. So, I would expect maybe right now we don't know. We'll yeah, see. he's just rumored right now for Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And again, it's set in the 80s largely. So it would be an, yeah. another weird one with young versions of the rest of the cast and ageless Logan kind of wandering through. Well, yeah. Which, right. It's got, which is kind of his thing. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I loved his his tiny little uh, first class uh, cameo. Oh so, yeah, it was so perfectly Logan. <laughs> Perfect use of the f bomb. Yep. <laughs> you get one uh, for PG thirteen. Oh, and there it is from the perfect man. person who would absolutely use it. There we funny. go. No, it was great. I mean, you know, last stand and origins aside, the he has owned that role. It's. Oh yeah, it, oh, he, he did as good of a job as I think they ever could have done bringing Wolverine to the screen. Absolutely. When you think Wolverine, I I now see Hugh it's, Jackman. Yeah, it's really hard not to to just think that that that's exactly what the character is. Mm-hmm. My Absolutely. O- my only um, sadness with them with him not staying a lot around for Fox's eventual plan to put Fantastic Four and, and X Men characters together. Mm-hmm. There's a great scene. From Astonishing X-Men, not surprisingly, while Joss Whedon was writing it, where in an attempt to improve public relations for the X-Men, they deliberately go out with the Fantastic Four to put down one of the apparently regularly occurring uh, instances of one of Mole Man's creatures trying to dig its way out and go attack the (laughs) Baxter building. So... They're getting ready to go take down the big, you know, Godzilla-like critter, critter, and there's a great right. interchange between Ben Grimm and Logan, where, and this is after the events of, um, what do you call it? 
the, the last X, the X3 movie, which mirrored some events in the, the real X-Men universe where there was a mutant cure at a, for a period of time. And oh, okay. Ben just looks at Logan and says, hey, man, did they find a cure for people like you? And Logan's like, you got a problem with mutants, bubs? No, Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Like, perfect. I would, I would love to have seen that on the screen. But anyway, yeah. so not surprisingly, there's, there's a limit to you know, how old you can get in a character who's not supposed to be aging and how, how long you can maintain that level of physique uh, when, when your primary mode is not bodybuilder. We're not talking Arnold Schwarzenegger here who's, hey, my career is bodybuilding and I kind of try to act also. Um, right. This is, I'm an actor. I, I dance on Broadway um, and sing like nobody's business. So the yeah. whole bulking up thing is not my primary reason for being. Yeah. No, I I'll mean, still be yeah, he definitely. And it, like you said, it took him a lot of tries really at it to get mm. to that point. And yeah, I think the amount of effort it probably takes to maintain it. And like you said, I mean, he's been doing that character now for 17 years. Yeah. It's, it's been a long, long run. And can't uh, fault him. I will still miss him in the role because he defines it. And I'm for sure, for sure, a big, Absolutely. huge challenge to to whomever they cast to follow him. Right. Though. Right. More and more over the years, when they have had to replace characters. I can't really think of a recent one that was a real boneheaded maneuver. They've, they've done a, a reasonably good job of, of getting people with, who are strong enough actors to either make the role their own or to continue the through line of whoever established the role. Mark, yeah. Marvel's going to face that a lot because we're in the next phase here. A whole bunch of people are likely to step out of roles. Where we know we're going to lose, lose Chris Evans. It's right. almost certain that Robert Downey Jr. is going to leave the Tony Stark role. So they're going to have this moment of, okay, we're going to continue the character with a new actor, and they're going to do the, need to do that over and over and over again if this whole comic book movie universe thing is going to have legs. So Yeah, and I, and I think that's one of the things Marvel's running into now where I think they may want to start staggering. And that's probably why they're putting out so many movies is so that they can get a staggering of established actors in the character role and then have others rotating off so it's not this massive all at once uh yeah which is what i think they're heading towards right now especially with yeah mass exodus because i mean i haven't heard anything about mark ruffalo but um obviously they're two kind of big pillars of captain america and iron man Mm -hmm. are probably going to get changed out here sooner rather than later they might be Uh, smart they might might be doing events in civil war we'll see Right, right. I mean, it depends on how they, the cinematic version of Civil War plays out. Right. Um, but I think also they're bringing in strong characters with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch coming in as Doctor Strange. Yep. Um, Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman well, is going to be... into another one of our stories because they've got two, two characters for Civil War, both interesting. Martin Freeman as what exactly? Yeah, I don't know his character, which is really weird. Mm-hmm. He well, he's coming in as one of the senators, correct? Or at least no, that's what they're no, hypothesizing. No, he's coming in as one of the um, scientists. Black, one of the Black I Panther think. villains. Yes. Right. Um, Everett Ross. And so, let's see. An expert on Wakandian questions. Everett Ross is often asked for advice. Working alongside government officials in the NSA. When Ulysses Claw, who we met, played by Andy Serkis in Age of Ultron, yep. launches an invasion of Wakanda, Ross was sent to counsel the special forces in order to help the very special forces, zombies, to enter the country. Comic book reference. Um, mm-hmm. So we know that um, 
the character who eventually will get his own movie of Black Panther, uh, mm-hmm. T'Chaka, gets introduced during the events of Civil War. So it kind of makes sense that it would lay some groundwork for a character that's going to turn up in the Black Panther movie. And then we yeah. already had yeah. that in the form of Claw. And now we've got um, this uh, Everett. Everett Ross character. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure how, how central to Civil War he's going to be. I, I sense that he's, he's groundwork for future movies. And we just want to make sure, right. hey, you've seen this guy. And they did the same thing where we saw lots of the people who turned out to be Hydra were regulars in, in S.H.I.E.L.D. and background roles sure. up into the movies. Up and, and then suddenly in... Winter Soldier, like, holy crap, all those guys that we were just taking for granted as, as background players were totally scheming against us. Ah, um, Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, from what the, the little bits that I've read about mm-hmm. that, the character, um, he, he seems to be kind of like a Burke from Aliens. Okay. Uh, that, that style, Ooh. like conniving, Greasy. but cowardly. Uh, he's supposed to be a little bit of, com- of comic relief, too. See a little bit of that. Then, which... But he's a... Well, he's a Sort of politician. He's way yeah. with a lawyer. Yeah, he's just slimy. slimy. I think is the yeah. way he's going to come out. Uh, is, is the type of character, and I think you know Freeman can definitely pull off that. Um, Absolutely. So I think yeah. I mean it's it's exciting, uh, and so yeah, they definitely are introducing a lot of lot more good actors, and mm-hmm. as long as Marvel can keep enticing people with mountains of cash, I'm sure, <laughs> <laughs> and and good writing, I think. I think they'll they'll be strong even losing, which I will. I like uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark a lot. Mm-hmm. I love Chris Evans as Captain America. Oh, it's going to be hard for perfect. me to lose that yeah. more so than even Stark. Ruffalo though is Banner. Ruffalo yeah, as long as but he hasn't said he's going to leave yet or anything. So, I know, I know. but yeah, eventually they'll have to figure out what they're doing with that as well. Right. Um, but so far, he's done a great job as Banner. In the, Best same, Banner. in the same article that they were talking about Freeman coming over, they were mentioning that Emily Van Camp, who played Agent 13 mm-hmm. in Winter Soldier, who in the comic series is, is a uh, romantic interest for Cap, uh, right. is, has been cast in the recurring role. Uh, who we continue. Last we saw her, she was apparently uh, CIA um, after the collapse of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, so we'll see yeah. how they write her back in the Civil War, but they'll have that, that through line as well. I like these, these little through line characters that we were introduced to and keep showing up and may become significant. We'll see. Yeah, Again, definitely. More, more Marvel um, Universe goodness. Well, I got it. Yeah, so real quick tangent on the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I also broke down and picked up the Marvel Unlimited. Oh, yes. Ah, how is which it? Is- Oh my god! I awesome. can't put that thing down. It is so good. I mean, you have to as long as you have like the the cord cutter mentality of yep. living in arrears. Yep, you're. It's perfectly incredible. Sold. So they do a really really nice job of showing you like here's the stuff that's new. Here's some like suggestions based on what you've been reading, or here's like some ways to get really familiar with different characters. Then they allow you to browse and say like. Let me obviously browse by comic book series, by writer, by whatever, but they also browse by events. And mm-hmm. so things like Age of Apocalypse or the Civil War, those are considered events. And so they group all the related comics together and you can read it in order that way. But can I get is, back issues of Squirrel Girl? I probably. Don't, probably. They have a ton of crap in there. So I've been reading, I've caught up on Axis, but they're still. 
there's still new ones of those that haven't come into uh, the uh, app yet. So they're they're right now. The most recent stuff is roughly November of 2014. So bad. you're about five months back. Um, but then, but what now a I've back reading, catalog? Uh, I'm sorry. But what a back catalog to have. Oh yeah, I mean, so then I decided to switch over. I was like, ah, eh, you know, let me read some X Men, and so I started reading a little bit of that, and then it's like. Oh, you know the events of like the uh, Fear Itself event, and so I'm like, okay, well, let me read Fear Itself, and that's another <laughs> big Marvel spanning one. So it's it's touching on Avengers, X Men, and everybody else. So that that's the the storyline I'm going through right now, which has like 20 plus comics in it. Uh, so yeah, I mean it's but it's really really well done. Each week they release new stuff to it. Um, and it's been it's just been a joy it is the, i bought the year because it was the the better value so for $69 and i've probably read 50 comics so far in it so i've i'm just about to the point where i've made up all my money that i would have spent on comics so and yeah and so and then that was within what 2 weeks so mm-hmm. yeah i think i'll definitely get my money's worth from before this before the year is out awesome yeah. fantastic I am sold. I'll be, I'll be signing up. Uh, from Polygon.com, an article, George Lucas's new Star Wars trilogy was to be about teens, but Lucasfilm said nope. And thank yeah, God for that. Yeah, this is one of those thank you, Disney. <laughs> yep. So he had written a treatment of episode 789, mm-hmm. and after selling you know, LucasArts off to Marvel Disney... He did his pitch like you know any any director producer might do, and uh, they looked at it and said, "So you want to do um, teenagers in the Star Wars universe?" Oh, yeah, I think that'd be really interesting, you know. Um, and what do these teenagers do? Oh, they have, they have lightsabers, and they um, and they said, "Thank you for the meeting, George, but we're gonna go with JJ over here." Yeah, well, I think they all, yeah, they were like, we paid a lot of money for this, and we would like to, like, make, make some money. money off of this. And not piss everyone off. So we've already pissed off the fan base for years and years. Let's try something different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's give them what they want and see how that goes. Because so far, every single trailer and screenshot is like, yes, that is what I want for my Star Wars. Yep. So... We'll Good. see. So yeah, <laughs> again, thank you, Disney, for for yes. shooting down for not for not bringing us like teenagers. It. Now we have you know the, it's still an unknown quantity of what Force Awakens will be, but early indications are rather positive. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, so far the, the like I said, they've just they've touched on the right notes in everything they've released up to this point. Um, obviously they need to still bring it together in a story because we don't know really anything about the story. Yep. Uh, but the actors involved, the special effects, the fact they're using the stuff we love, TIE fighters, X-wings, Star Destroyers, now, Stormtroopers. Now they're wacky TIE fighters with white panels, but they're still freaking TIE fighters. They're still a TIE, tie fighter. fighter. I don't mind them doing a little bit of thing because obviously designs change as you modify as you go forward. Yep. But it, I mean, the the ships in the first the prequels were unrecognizable right. from uh, 
the stuff that occurred in four, five, and six, which again was really unbelievable that manufacturing would go through that much of a change mm-hmm. uh, in like a few years. But nonetheless, I just work here. Yeah, I don't don't even get me started on those stupid things. <laughs> I know Barry likes them, but to hell with them. <laughs> <laughs> to hell with you. Uh, so right. the much anticipated Oculus Rift. Yeah. VR headset with motion tracking extraordinaire has a release date ish. <laughs> uh, if you know, Q, ish. Q1 2016. Uh, so sometime if you manage that's that's narrowing it down more than it ever has been before. For sure. More importantly, some information has come out about system requirements. Uh, specifically video hardware. So they've talked in general terms about this needing the kind of horsepower uh, out of the box. It has to be double what your computer would normally have because you're going to be rendering two screens worth of information at full uh, 1080p or 4K. Sure. Because you have two screens in there, left, left eye and right eye, and they're both independently driven by graphics engines. Um, so they're, they're kind of, they, they, they tap dance around it slightly, but people who, who know video hardware and know a thing or two about the project have come out and said, brace yourselves. The right. requirements for the computer that has to drive this thing are going to be very high end. Yeah. Um, and so the, the Oculus itself may be affordable, but the computer you drive it with is not going to be affordable. It's going to be a three or $4,000 rig to yeah. do it properly because you're going to need two basically top-of-the-line video cards. And in a perfect world, what they're saying is, oh, well, it'd be better if you had two that are SLI'd together for each screen so four, oh, geez. So four video four cards bleeding edge video cards if you want to do it right which people who are insanely into gaming do already have that crap um well that's i mean even that though that's that's a step beyond because even most of the gaming motherboards do not have four sli Slots on them. I mean, that's they, a are, pretty they are, specialized they are motherboard. Verified, but they exist, but they are wicked expensive. Right, uh, right. I'm just saying that's that's uh, like I said, it's a, it's a step beyond what even a gaming enthusiast would normally do. So it is it is something you have to dedicate yourself to you really, if you, you want to make really it look great. Do this, yeah, yeah. And I mean, if if there was enough, if I was that into flying or simulation type games. Uh, maybe I would, but right now, no, (laughs) there's, there's no way I would rebuild a new computer just to use the Oculus Rift. So the, the official, um, specs. So these are the minimum specs, um, NVIDIA GTX 970s or AMD 290 equivalent or greater. So very, you know, of the current generation, high, high on the. Uh, yep. Food chain, uh, Intel i5 4590 equivalent or greater. That's not too. That's awful. not terrible. Not, not, at least I'm not saying you know i7 with with you know bleeding out your eyeballs clock speeds. Um, right, right. Eight gigabits, eight gigabytes or more of RAM. Again, totally attainable. Yeah. It will use 
uh, the, the video card you have needs to have an HDMI 1.3 version 1.3 compatible video output. Again, if you've got a modern video if, card, you've got that. Yeah, if you're hitting the minimum already, you're fine. Right. <laughs> um, it's, it utilizes two USB 3.0 ports. So, again, it just needs mm. to be a modern machine that has USB 3. Sure. Um, and Windows 7 Service Pack 1 or newer. So... The yeah. big piece of that is, you know, it needs to be have very high end video card. Not that surprising. No. Um, this is the recommended spec for the full Rift experience. So, <laughs> this is when they say full Rift experience, people have extrapolated that to mean like, oh, maybe these aren't the minimum requirements; that these are actually the recommended requirements because they only put out this one set. I said, here's, right. here's what we'd like you to have. And then, but, but people fished for the hmm, full Rift experience. I guess that means if we turn off some features, we can get away with a more tame video card. So those, those things remain to be seen. All we've been given is, you know, here's what we would like you to have. Um, right. And this is, we were talking about this on the last show, about the two different approaches to this. We were talking about Microsoft HoloLens not being dependent on a computer, being self-contained. So right. that it is what it is. And then if you need to improve it, you get a, a new set of HoloLenses. Here, the Oculus is an independent display device and motion tracking device. So as your computer improves, you can improve your VR experience. So you know, the strength of this is you don't need to buy a new Oculus. You can upgrade pieces of your computer, which is very much in line with the PC Master Race gaming way is mm -hmm. improve the pieces you can when you can and it just gets incrementally better um the only real question mark is what are the real consequences to the vr experience for using it on a less capable machine with lower settings does it become really bad vr does it give you nausea or is it just still really awesome it's just oh my god awesome if you've got the high-end machine Right, and this is the the first release, though, also of right. it. So I'm sure, uh, especially depending on how customizable the experience is and how much uh, access folks have to mod it, uh, you'll have people that will push its even its optimal experience probably even farther. And on the uh, the flip side of that would be to maybe streamline things and make it more efficient. To where uh, it it may, or at the very least, make it more efficient on a specific set of hardware, so that it, it utilizes that hardware it, hardware in a better way. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. And you know, like anything, I wish everybody that jumps in uh, when it first releases the best of luck, mm -hmm. and I hope they pound the crap out of it. And I may look into it once it goes through a revision or two, and gets to a point where it's a little more. Uh, accessible to you know the, the more standard market of pc versus the the bleeding edge right and there's also there's going to be things like project morpheus from sony which is the console version of this idea um it's, it's going to be coming at us from several directions to me it's going to be all about the application show me something right. cool to do with it and yeah. you're more likely to get my money yeah, exactly. You have to really, I mean, one of the release titles is going to be the Eve Valkyrie. Uh, uh, they basically said they, they're slating it so that it will launch at the same time. Um, so anything that's assimilation, it seems like that's a natural fit. Uh, but again, it's it's more of a niche gaming. Like there's certain gaming I don't know that you would want it. Like playing, 
civilization, would you really feel the need for an Oculus Rift to play Civ? Candy Crush Saga, strategy? man. Yeah, there's just too many. There, uh, that's the biggest problem that you run into. It's kind of like the Wii issue. There's some games where the motion sensor works great. Other games where it's like it's a hindrance. And I think the Oculus Rift falls into that. It's a great peripheral, but if I have to build an entire machine around one peripheral, probably not going to happen unless I really love the type of games that uh, uh, it, it's best used for. Yep. And let's see our final item up for bids. Uh, where did that go? I've lost my tab. There it is. Ubisoft. Yep. I'm sorry for swearing on the air. I don't usually like to use language like that. Um, Ubisoft brings in a different studio to help make Tom Clancy's The Division. Well, this is an interesting one. I mean, The Division's definitely been a game I've been following, uh, and it's been delayed. Uh, they showed, I think, originally around E3 of 2013 was when they first uh, showed this game. And it's set as a third-person perspective over-the-shoulder, over massive, somewhat, you know, in the vein of an MMO uh, shooter set into a post, uh, as best you can tell, New York City that's gone through some sort of virus or something's happened that has uh, either mutated or made people undead. And you have that plus various human survivors that are uh, vying for control of the city. And it looked like a really interesting uh, game to play multiplayer with, with folks. has full leveling and different classes and the normal thing you would see meant for the consoles. Uh, but since showing just, a couple just, teasers at E3 wins. has been non-existent. Yeah. And so to see that they're having to bring in another studio and supposedly it's going to release this year makes you con dubious towards it. Yeah, <laughs> Cons dubious. Yeah. Um, so, and I mean, Tom Clancy, they're also coming out with another iteration of Rainbow Six with Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, that one seems to be a lot farther along since they've actually done an alpha already of it. I think they're about to move into beta uh, for it, which the Rainbow ends in the vein of Rainbow Six Vegas, which were fantastic shooters on the 360. Mm -hmm. uh, so I uh, actually introduced a cover system that was functional. So that was always a, a great thing. Uh, so The Division is definitely a game. I have a lot of friends that are very hyped for it, but I keep telling them, like, till there's a, a release date, don't even think about it. Yeah, don't, don't talk <laughs> to me about it. You are not real to me until... Right, because right now Amazon shows December 31st of 2015 as its release date, which is yeah, like, that's hmm. not a good thing. <laughs> that, that has arbitrary date pulled out of my ass written all over it. Exactly. Uh, so, I mean, the, but, the article but, notes that multiple teams on one title is, is common at Ubisoft. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, Assassin's Creed Unity featured the work of 10 different teams. That's Just not it, the best selling point. Exactly. <laughs> um, but it coming in kind of at this late game and the, not really saying what this new, this other company, Annecy, Annecy is doing. Um, right. This is, some people get a little hanky about it. Now, yeah. sneaking in, uh, we, we have a true on the line. Uh, so we've, we've, some, we've, we've said something to summon him. Uh, what would that be? Well, I'm afraid it looks like the time warp was a little worse than ours because I wanted to call it about Oculus, but apparently you've passed that uh, topic while I was. We can always circle back timeline. around if you if you have uh, something to contribute. Oculus, one of the things that like Grail was saying, he's going to be waiting for it. Well, that's that could be the death knell of the product. Mm -hmm. Oculus doesn't get enough instant user base. 
it's going to be really problematic to get developers to pay for it unless Facebook is going to basically throw money at them to say, yes, uh, Elder Scrolls 9, you will have Oculus Rift support and we will pay you half a billion dollars to make sure it does have Oculus Rift support. Well, that which... you, you saying the F word there may be the exact thing that saves it. Having a an owner with deep pockets to get it through that stage of problematic adoption until the killer app that we all want to play exists may be exactly what they need. Well, right. I would actually, I would prefer Facebook give that money to Bethesda to just make the next Elder Scrolls. Doesn't need to have Oculus Rift. <laughs> we can have both. <laughs> That's fine. Whatever it takes to get Bethesda off their butt and stop messing around with the MMO market. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's going to be. I mean, that's what I'm basically. Ooh, yeah, it's like, it's like uh, no one bought it because there was no games and nobody, nobody on the games because nobody had this. Con- None of people had the console. And it's like it's the chicken and the egg, unfortunately. Yes. And that's why console market is where it is. It's like there's only so many players because every time something new try to breaks in, they fail miserably because they can't. talking about the Atari Jaguar in. was a fine piece of hardware. Well, Atari had Atari had. Other issues. If you ever read the history of video games book, you can yes. tell that they had their collective heads up their collective, you know, where well, they rested on their laurels a little too long. Oh uh, yeah. So but, uh, yeah, I, I'm very curious to see what happens with all these different approaches to the VR. I think VR is never going to be the next big thing as far as you know, as revolutionary as the smartphone um, or as you know altering as the tablet form factor for a computer. But I think it has the potential to be a very powerful niche and to really affect gaming massively. Um, but I, I agree with you that it could also just failure to launch and just stagger out of the nest and, and, and be stillborn. Yeah. I mean, if we get a next great MMO if we get whatever I mean it'll definitely help but it's a matter of also how much vi- those specs I'm wondering is like what level of VR are we asking for to do that I mean if we get basically World of Warcraft VR with much with 760s it's going to be a different ki- people will still flock to that as long as it's 60 frames per second right World of Warcraft in VR or but it's a matter of th- they're saying well those recommended specs are basically for I don't know something for Star Citizen, yeah, maybe that could be a problem. But mm-hmm. yeah, but we shall see. It, yeah. I yeah. said we will see. We'll, we'll watch watch with interest and uh, spend our money uh, sparingly until uh, a clear winner emerges. Because we're, um, we're we're nasty consumers who who don't want to part with our money in, until something is proven, and, and then we're right back to the chicken and the egg there. <sighs> But I digress. We'll see you later this year. Uh, we should be assaulted with lots of choices of things to try out. And I, yeah. I'm waiting to get one of these on my head and see what the big deal is about. Because I still have not really experienced it. And I've been told again and again by people who have, like, oh, you won't get it until you've had a chance to try it. So maybe a, a big piece of it will be getting it out there into retail stores on a kiosk and where people can actually experience it. And then suddenly, holy crap, I have to have this. Um, yeah, I'm maybe. curious to see if they do some sort of corporate thing because the Oculus Rift offices is literally down the street from my office. So it's like they start doing the whole uh, like Cryptozoic does, where they invite people, the public into their offices to play with stuff. Like, oh, yeah, it's like, see, so yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> I expect you to report yeah. on your findings. Yeah, I mean, I want to see this year at PAX to see uh, 
if it's more prevalent on the floor. There were a few games last year that had them, and I played uh, one game that utilized it, and it was okay, but I don't know. It may have been more of a function that it was a side-scrolling type beat-em-up game, and I don't think it translated that well into the Oculus. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see if this year, if developers come and it has a much bigger presence on the floor. Speaking of packs, uh, the Barry Von Austin indicated in chat that uh, media badges may have just uh, become available for packs, so you might want to... I've already submitted. <laughs> because you're that good... <laughs> Because uh, I was checking it every day once they uh, released the <laughs> Give Give uh, general Give public uh, passes that went away in about 30 seconds, it felt like. It was remarkable. Yeah, you think BlizzCon goes quickly. Uh-uh. PAX. PAX is crazy how fast. Well, PAX, PAX has, Prime is crazy how PAX fast they go. PAX has way more tickets than BlizzCon, and they go way faster. When you consider how freaking fast BlizzCon tickets go, holy crap. Yeah. Yeah, those boys at Penny Arcade are doing doing it upright. All right, mm-hmm. let's steer this ship into the bay because it is time to wrap up another episode of Casually Hardcore. As always, thank you to all the volunteers who spend their time on our subreddit, alphageekradio.reddit.com, suggesting story topics, discussion topics, upvoting, downvoting. We appreciate the time you spend. It makes everything better and easier for us. Never, ever go away. You can find us on Facebook and Google+. Just search for Casually Hardcore and Alpha Geek Radio in those various media, and you will find us. Uh, follow us on Twitter if you want to see announcements when shows go live and other network-related information. Follow Alpha Geek Radio. If you want to know just about this show, it's Hardcore Casuals. I am on there as Gnomewise. Grail is on there as Izzy Grail. That's I-Z-Z-Y-G-R-A-I-L. And True is on there as... Glitch, G-L-I-C-H. No T in the glitch. Do it right. And Daxa is on there as D-A-K-S-A-C-H, but she snuck away when we weren't looking, didn't she? Mm-hmm. She is poofed gone. Poof. Uh, you can send us emails to the show at alphageekradio.com. That's the show at alphageekradio.com. If you like what we're doing here on the network or with the show, you can become our patron. Go to patreon.com slash alphageek to see how all that works. Basically, you pledge to send us a buck a month, 50 cents a month, five bucks a month, whatever value you feel you get from the shows on the network. Give a little bit back when you can. We appreciate it. It helps us keep everything streaming, everything up and going, and developing new and interesting things. You can listen to us all over the place. My goal is to have as many endpoints for our content as possible. You can always go to tunein.alphageekradio.com to see the ever-growing list of... uh, ways you can tune in and i'm working now on getting a whole bunch more stuff through the power of youtube live so we get on things like apple tv and smart tvs with video as well as audio watch the front page of alphageekradio.com for more information as it becomes available and probably a major fundraiser ahead of it becoming available because holy crap the hardware requirements but that's a whole other story in the meantime i have been gnomewise I've been grailed. <laughs> Who was leaning <laughs> away true. from the microphone, obviously. <laughs> yeah, just... well, it's just like I'm used to that second person talking. <laughs> <laughs> She's not here anymore. Uh, and our call-in joiner was... True. As usual. And we are out of here. Bye-bye, radio people. Bomba dee da bomba dee da bomba dee da bomba dee da bomba dee da
bomba, 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 bomba,